Reading for our text tonight in Genesis chapter 6. The book of Genesis chapter 6, and I'll read verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. We believe the physical earth, in particular the atmosphere, was likely much different in these days prior to the flood. We know that many in the Bible lived for even hundreds of years. Methuselah lived 969 years, Jared 962 years. Jared was the father of Enoch. Noah lived 950 years and the flood came in his 600th year. So he lived 350 years after the flood. Adam lived 930 years, Seth 912 years, the son of Adam. Kenan, 910 years, Enos, 905 years. He was related to Seth. Mahaliel lived 895 years, the dad of Canaan. And I, and I like Lamech. He got to live 777 years. He was the father of Noah. And then Enoch lived 365 years. Well, there you have it, a top 10. But Enoch, he was simply snatched away one day. He was going about his business, and the Bible tells us that he walked with God, and he got up, and he did his, whatever it was he did, he communed with the Lord, and one day the Lord just took him, snatched him, raptured him, really. And he was taken right up to heaven, we know that in the sixth chapter of Genesis, the world was in dire straits, very, very rough straits. The scripture tells us earlier in this chapter. And we know that um, this was not God's plan from the beginning. Things had changed. Things were much different. This was probably, we believe, about 1,600 years after creation. So not all that long after creation. But this was not God's plan. On each day of creation, we know that God created more order. He put things together. The Bible talks about things being void. And each day, day one, day two, day three, God creates more and more order in a very perfect way, ultimately in a way in which plant life and then animal life and then human life not only would just survive, we think that he made a world that we could survive on, but the original creation was that everything would live forever. You can't even really imagine that, but that's what God's plan was. Finally, at the pinnacle of his creation on day six, we have the creation of humanity being created, you and me, in the image of God. And a lot of times when we talk about God's Creation. We think of Genesis 1.31 where it says, And God saw that everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. If you look at that word for very, it means exceeding, especially, or vehemently good. 
And good refers to being beautiful, best, or even precious. It couldn't have got any better what God had made and created. It was perfect because the scripture says it was very good. And then we know that sin entered into the world and we went vehemently backwards. It wasn't the original plan. And in fact, since that time, all physical life is dying. I read that even the sun, if you give it enough time, will burn out one day. All because of sin. In fact, since that time, lifespans have decreased, and, and we know that disease has increased more and more, even to the extent that humanity today makes up disease in labs across the world in some places, all because of sin. When you get to Genesis chapter 6, like I said, God had had enough. It says in verse 5 of chapter 6, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And that imagination, that word for imagination means um, the purpose of humanity or what they could conceive or make up in their minds. Evil refers to wretchedness, misery, harm, mischief, sorrow, trouble, and the list goes on and on. And in verse 6, it says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. You know, when I think of the days of Noah, I thought recently of a, of a law that was passed in, in Texas called the Heartbeat Act. And I read up on, on, on it a little bit, and, and it says that an abortion that takes place after six weeks is they basically make it illegal. And I was, I was thinking back to when we saw the first ultrasound, I know I've mentioned it before, of, of, of Graham. And um, I remember we looked at the screen and you couldn't make out any arms or legs, but what you could see was a blob that clearly was beating. There was clearly a heartbeat. That's the main thing that stuck in my mind and this law says that a human heart that beats should be kept alive. To me, it sounds humane to keep a human life alive. But I guess what stood out to me, and I'm sure many of us, was that immediately there was all of these states and these governments that were condemning this law. In fact, even Portland wanted to ban travel, goods and services between Texas and Portland protesting this law. And to me, I guess it just sounded like the days of Noah. In verse 7, we find chapter 6 again, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Remember, God chose to make the world and to make humanity, it was his choice. In verse 8 it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then we make it to our text. These are the generations of Noah. You know, Noah, he, he, he did not choose his generation. 
He was born at a time and a place, and it happened to be at a time in which the world had gone this far backwards. The world had progressively, according to the scripture here, gotten worse and worse. We're only in the sixth chapter of history. And we know that the Bible speaks a fair amount about generations. If you look up the word generation or generations, plural, it can be used in different contexts in the scripture. And a lot of times it refers to a group of people that all lived at a certain time. A lot of times it might be 30 years. If you look at different generations over the last 100 years or so, there's the greatest generation, 1910 to 1924. I guess I thought these spans were longer. That's 14 years. Baby Boomer, 1946 to 64, 18 years. Generation X. We get to Millennials, 1980 to 1994, 14 years. And Generation Z is 1995 to 2012. So normally one generation raises the next generation. And the next generation raises the next generation. Well, we know in the, in the Bible, sometimes generation is used very broadly. Sometimes the scripture uses it very specifically. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, says these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. It's, it's what he's saying is that this is the history of humanity. The generations of the earth, the generations of the existence of humankind, which has been about 6,000 years. It's no coincidence. But if we look further, some other examples in Exodus 1.6, it says, And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all his generation. And of course, it's referring to Joseph, his brethren, and those that were alive at his time, and saying that was the end of that particular generation. But a lot of times, what comes to our mind, I think, is the generation that wandered in the wilderness. Remember, they had been taken out with a strong hand. The Lord had given them victory, and they got to the promised land, and they thought, we can't possess the land. In Numbers 32, 13, it says, And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the years in the wilderness, excuse me, 40 years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. And we can see here that the Lord clearly is referring to a 40-year generation. Even Moses passed away. But we know that Caleb and Joshua were the only two that were saved. I know a lot of times, sometimes we wonder, maybe 70 years is a generation. 70 seems to pop up in the scripture quite Often there were 70 elders of Israel. We know that Israel spent 70 years in captivity in Babylon. A lot of times we're reminded of Daniel's 70 weeks. In the New Testament, Jesus specifically appoints 70 to go out and minister. So there seems to be something to do with that number 70 in the scripture. And really, I don't think it's a coincidence. In 1948, we declared that Israel was a nation. That was fulfilling prophecy. And we know that in 2018, 70 years later, we moved our embassy to Jerusalem and declared it its capital. I don't think it's a coincidence. 
particularly when most of the world was outraged. Zechariah 12.3 says, And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered against it, together against it. And even at the end of the Revelation, it says, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. That's how God sees it. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. We need to be paying attention to what's important to the Lord. And the scripture tells us we should pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for Israel. But if we go back to the length of a generation, the psalmist said in Psalms 90, verse 10, the days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. The psalmist is saying here, a generation is 70 years. And if you're blessed for, with an extra 10 years, it's 80 years. But soon they will be cut off and we will fly away. I guess the point is a generation is short. It might be 20 years. It might be 40 years. It might be 70 years. At best, 80 years, according to the psalmist. You know, young people, we didn't get to choose our generation. God put us here. Noah didn't get to choose his generation. Only eight souls made it on the ark. Now, we want to be like Enoch. He was raptured. So actually, the parallel is that Enoch represents the rapture of the church, and the Jewish nation went through, are going to go through the tribulation period. But I think we can get the picture both ways here. Noah didn't choose his generation. We didn't choose our generation. But the Lord put us here. And look around. The days of Noah are playing out just as the scripture said it would be at the end. We firmly believe that we're living in the generation that will see the return of Christ. We firmly believe that we live in the generation right now, you and me, are in the generation that will see the return of Jesus Christ. And I know how it is um, when we're in high school, it would be nice if I graduated first. For when we're in college, if we go to college, it'd be nice to get through, it'd be nice to get married. And it is nice to get married. And then it, it would be nice if, to have children and understand what that will be. It'd be nice to go on a particular vacation, and, and then that's a good time for the, Lord will, for the Lord to come back. But we firmly believe we're living in the generation in which Christ will return. Look around. Jesus explained to his closest followers how it would look at the time of the end. One of the ones that sticks out to me in Matthew 24, it says, And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. That is one of many prophecies of how the world would look right when we get up to the door of the return of Christ. Well, what else did Jesus say to his closest followers in Luke chapter 21, 
verses 32 and 33, it says, Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And many think the seven-year tribulation is part of that generation period. So take seven years off. We're right at the door. We're right at the cusp. We're right there. What does our generation look like? I don't want to be a part of the generation that denies six 24-hour literal days of creation. Young people, we don't want to be a part of that generation. Somebody put it this way recently. I know we mentioned in Sunday school. You can believe that you went from goo to the zoo to you. Think about that. I don't want to be a part of the generation that thinks that or believes that. We believe in a divine creator. We believe that Christ not only is our savior, but he created us and he made us. I don't want to be a part of a generation that believes certain souls are more important or relevant to God. God created all of humanity equal. God loves everybody equally. In fact, I know it's a reminder to me, the scripture says, how will men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another? You know, young people, we don't really want to be a part of the tatted up and pierced up generation. That's contrary to the Bible. That's not what the scripture teaches us. You know, we've heard it before that in the 60s it was this sexual revolution. In the 80s and 90s, really, when I grew up in the 90s and was in high school, it was the homosexual revolution. And now we see a generation embracing the gender liquidity revolution, I guess you can call it. And, and we were talking about this in Sunday school lately. I don't even remember other cultures when I learned history going through that. And when you look at those in the scriptures that were judged, I don't even find that so much in the scripture. Some of these other revolutions, you can see the judgment of God upon those cultures. It's only more of an emphasis, I believe, to you and me that we are living in the generation of the return of Jesus Christ. And we could talk about the, the aspects of the world that we want to be separate from. Remember with, with Lot and his wife? And there were very, very, very few in that city that made it. And the angels literally had to come in and snatch him by the hand out and say, get out. Very few. We want to be snatched away. We're looking forward to a day. But what about within the church? We want to be a part of a generation that remembers what it is to have a prayer meeting. We want to be a part of a generation that stands for holiness. We want to be a part of a generation that stands for righteousness. 
We want to be a part of a generation that doesn't compromise with what it is to be a part of the bride of Christ. Holiness is, is a thread throughout all of the Bible, throughout all of history. It, it's, a, it's a standard set by God. Be ye holy, for I am holy. And, and it says that Noah walked with God, and he was perfect. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. Very few in the scriptures. They have that sort of relationship with the Lord. But we want to be a, a part of a generation within a church that knows what it is to pray through to our deeper experiences, that knows what it is to spend time at the altars of prayer and pray for one another. I think about the memories that I have in, in high school or, or in college, because I got saved when I was in college, and, and the prayer meetings we had right here where the Lord would come down in a special way, where there would be an anticipation for a prayer meeting in the church chapel or in the West Chapel. And, and it wasn't a matter of, are you going to come to church on Tuesday night or Friday night or not? That wasn't a question. There was this anticipation that you wanted to be there because there was, it was the Spirit of God in the air drawing us. And, and, and if you weren't there, you felt like you were missing out. You didn't have to have somebody tell you that you needed to be there. You wanted to be there because you wanted to be part of the, 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 the hand of God moving over the prayer services, over the lives of individuals. We wanted to receive our deeper experiences. I mean, really bad we wanted to receive our deeper experiences. And if somebody else got their deeper experience, we liked it, but we were jealous in a holy manner. I remember at Midwest camp when I received my baptism and, and there were others that were seeking for their baptism and, and telling them at breakfast the next day, one comes to mind and the Lord wants to give every, the, the God is no respecter of persons. He's really not. The promise is for you. I know we, we, we mentioned that scripture, the promise is for for you and for them that are far off, even as many as the Lord I God, our God shall call, that means he wants to fill you with the Spirit of God. And, and really, when, when somebody gets a hold of the Lord and there's a spark and you receive, that encourages somebody else, and then it encourages somebody else. But how does it start? It starts with a prayer meeting. It starts with an altar service. And maybe that prayer meeting is at home. Maybe that prayer meeting is in your car. Whatever it may be, when you get through, you encourage others to get through. And we want to take those steps to get through. I want to be a part of a generation that sees a revival. Even with all the noise going on out in the world, we can still have a revival. And then bring those folks in that need to be saved. I remember... Uh, being taught when we had the revival in 2001 towards usually after the, the church gets on fire, then pretty soon people start coming in that maybe they've been gone for a while. Maybe they've turned their back on the Lord or maybe they've fallen away. It, that's evidence that the Lord is working outside these walls. And, and that's what we want. We want to see our loved ones saved. We want to see our friends saved. We want to see those those ones that we work with that they don't even think about the Lord. They don't have any concept of what we know about a relationship with Christ. This is an urgent matter. They'll end up in a lost eternity forever. We want to see souls saved. We want to be encouraged. Jesus sent 
came to die on the cross that we might have a way of eternal life with him. And so if you're not saved, we would ask you tonight to repent of your sins. The Lord will forgive you. If you're not sanctified, the Lord will cleanse you with his precious blood. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord will baptize you. He will fill your heart to overflowing with his spirit. It's an amazing gospel. The Lord loves you. He's no respecter of persons. Let's have a time to prayer. The song is 280.